0: Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we've had some uh, movement in the last week, so we're uh, back a little bit early. Uh, to talk about what's going on with the Ducks. We've had a couple signings, and uh, there was also some news about uh, Anderson and Raquel and Lindholm that uh, Bob Murray had talked about at the uh, Select a Seat event. So we're going to go over that as well as talk about uh, some of the moves that may come up in this next week as well. Um, so let's start off with the big news, Eddie. Uh, Sammy Votnin signed another four years for the Ducks. Uh, a very good deal, uh, $19.5 uh, million over the next four years and uh you know very happy to have him back but uh you know some fans are also concerned too you know they're worried about uh linholm and and anderson and some of the other players what were your initial thoughts uh when the news came out uh you know early yesterday morning
1: yeah i mean i saw a lot of people worried about the the five million for the first three seasons uh and, and you know that being a little bit much but if you you look at the comparables uh for guys around the league that uh uh, that are making around the same, and, 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 you know, Shattenkirk makes just under five, and, and TJ Brody in Calgary make, makes just under five, and, and you know, he brought in, is, uh, is pretty similar to both of those players in play style uh, as well, so I think it's a fair deal, and I like the fact that uh it goes down to 4.5 in the last year, so it gives them a little bit more flexibility with other contracts that they're, they're going to have to sign um at that time, and, uh, you know, I, I know we, we thought he would probably be the guy that was most likely uh, going to get traded, um. But with uh, him and, and Freddie being eligible for arbitration, this was one of the first deals if it was going to get done, either a, a, uh, a you know obviously signing a new contract or being traded or or whatever uh, that this would be one of the first ones to get done. Um, and it's actually it's kind of nice to see. It'll be nice to have him back. He was uh, great for us on the power play this year, and you know obviously uh, getting a right-handed shot defenseman is very valuable, especially one at the quality of Voughton in, um, in the NHL. So having him back is definitely going to help the Ducks' uh, chances next season.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the mood, you know, amongst most of the fans, uh, especially the ones at the uh, you know select a seat event that I went to as well. Uh, if you don't know, there's an event that the Ducks put on basically every year for the season ticket holders. They um, get to come back and they get to check out the seats and whatnot. And the Ducks do a really good job of putting this on. Uh, this season, they improved a little bit better. Um, you know, you're able to go. You you get free drinks. You get free food. Um, they have a little presentation uh, by some members of the Ducks. And this year, uh, Bob Murray was there, um, talking about some things. Uh, Ken French was there, Dan Wood, uh, Steve Carroll as well. Um, he had you know representatives from the team. And they usually announce some news, and, and the news isn't always you know big news, but this time it was uh, obviously Sammy Botnian. So from, from you know social media and the people that I ran into while I was there, everybody's um, very excited about Botnian. Like you said, you know they're happy, obviously with the scoring and two way ability, um, his impact as the uh, quarterback on the power play as well. But the biggest concern, of course, everybody started asking, um, you know, before I had gotten to the event, uh, you know, obviously the news was announced, so started getting text messages and everybody's asking about, what about Lindholm, what about Lindholm? And then also Murray had talked about uh, trying to sign Anderson, and he also said how those negotiations haven't been going well, um, you know, in this process. So those are the two biggest concerns now, is everybody's happy is back, but what about Lindholm and Anderson? And I think... Uh, You know, the way this is going to go down, like you said, Eddie, is the biggest thing is you have to look at the arbitration, as you mentioned before. And and, uh, the concern is with Anderson. The Ducks, you know, want to try and get something done. They don't want to go to arbitration and they want to get this figured out. But it's going to be difficult. I mean, the way it's going now, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Anderson maybe does get traded. I mean, you know, they're talking about negotiations. They're ongoing. And, um, you know, obviously yesterday he said they're not going well, but we've seen it where it can change you never know something you know maybe he does get something done with the anderson and gibson's the one that gets uh traded but from what i'm hearing and what i've seen so far it doesn't seem likely that anderson would return and it seems, uh, you know, with the obviously the draft coming up, Eddie, and the, also the comments by Murray uh, on the Facebook uh, live that they did on the Ducks uh, official page, that he's really big on getting draft picks. So maybe that's something we see in this next week. Uh, maybe we see Anderson get traded for some draft picks. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Eddie? It's been the the most likely scenario
1: for the two goalies. That uh, I mean, all season long, obviously we've we've known all year, that Freddie's going to have to sign a contract at the end of the year. It helps a bit that he's a restricted free agent. It gives him a, a little bit of leeway in discussions and being able to trade him um, without having to sign him. Um, so, so it's not too much of a surprise. Um, and we also know that they're going to have to trade one of them. And, and Maria addressed that in, in his, the Facebook Live video that you know with expansion coming up and obviously the announcement's coming up, I believe, this week, um, that they're going to have to trade one of them. And and it just makes sense right now with Freddie. I mean, um, a lot of people think Gibson isn't ready. Um, I mean, the, the, they'll obviously look at that. They'll look at a lot of things. I'm sure that's coming up in the arbitration or the discussions for a contract, so they can try and avoid arbitration. Um, you know, he did say he wants to sign Freddie to a contract. Uh, it doesn't mean he is going to stay. You know, they could do a sign and trade that gets you a little bit more value. Um, but you know, it, it all depends. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's it like you said, it's it's more likely that Freddie gets moved, but. You know, really, there's still uh, there's still a possibility that it goes the other way.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing to keep in mind. I know a lot of people are, you know, they're stressing out because there's a lot of people that think uh, Anderson's better than Gibson that we should keep him instead. There's also a lot of people that thought that uh, Lindholm would get signed first, but uh, obviously Lindholm doesn't have the arbitration deal. Um, to worry about because he's coming off his entry-level contract, so that's a little bit different with him and Raquel as well, which Murray did mention uh, when I was there yesterday. That he obviously is trying to sign both of them back as well. I just don't really see uh, the Ducks able to sign Lindholm, Raquel, and then either Gibson or Anderson. I, I-, I just don't see them keeping you know that kind of framework. Uh, I would really uh, you know hope that maybe either Anderson or Gibson gets moved and then the Ducks keep Lindholm and Raquel, because, like you mentioned, with the draft coming up, the, the Ducks are only going to be able to keep you know both goalies for one more season realistically before one of them gets picked off in that that entry level draft. So, I think it would be more beneficial for the Ducks to maybe save the money on Anderson and you know trade get picks and then try to um, you know give that men- money towards uh, Lindholm and Rakellity.
1: Yeah, and it's obviously a difficult situation too. Uh, I mean, they do have. Um, it's better than him being a UFA because he, he you do have his rights as an RFA and you can trade them. But it's it, obviously as, as a signed goaltender, he's he's worth more than he is as as being an RFA because it's not a sure thing for whatever team uh requires his rights. And we've seen rights being traded in the past, um, and, and the value is a lot lower than actually trading uh the the player themselves. So that that's obviously something they'd be working to right now. Um, it's a difficult situation in in the sense that you're signing a player to a contract and then immediately trading them, and and that you have to work with teams and and talk about what they want to do with that size of a contract as well. So it's it's definitely very complicated and and something they want to get done before the draft. So they can make this, uh, this decision and figure out who they're going to go with as their number one goalie next year. But, you know, it's it's definitely a good trading piece along with, obviously, we mentioned Cam Fowler and, and possibly Hampus Lindholm to either move up uh, in the draft or, or grab that left shot, uh, left winger that Murray was talking about too.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, you also mentioned uh, Fowler as well. I mean, that's another name that's come up. You know, people ask about the defense and with and Uh, everybody's thinking that, okay, the Ducks aren't going to be able to keep all the defensive players that you have. Um, So another name, you know, besides Lindholm that's come up has been Fowler. Uh, You know, we had some uh, fans ask about that trade. We had um, uh, Khalid ask, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on a potential trade for uh, Fowler to uh, Toronto for JBR? Uh, you know, on this trade, what I want to remind people, too, is, you know, when rumors come out and whatnot, uh, we usually don't put out the rumors because we like to verify uh, if something's, you know, it's got to be a pretty legit source and whatnot. So this, this rumor that's been going around about Fowler and JVR, in case you weren't aware, it's gone all the way back to the trade deadline. So I'm not saying that this isn't a legit rumor. Uh, and that there aren't talks, but just keep that in mind. Uh, you know, Consider the source. There's a lot of um, websites and social media accounts that will put out, oh, there's this trade and that trade, and then you ask them, well, what's the source, and then they don't have an answer for you. So uh, you know, I, I take it lightly. Um, I wouldn't mind that trade. I mean, if that was to happen, it falls in line uh, what Murray was talking about yesterday as well about getting a left-wing, left-handed shot. For the team, so that would fall in line with that. I just don't know if that would be the move that would be made, Eddie.
1: Yeah, it's it's another complicated situation, and we talked about how crazy this off season is going to be. And you know, Murray mentioned yesterday that you know he has a a wealth of defensemen on the blue line, and not all of them are going to be able to play next year, especially since that we think uh, Theodore is definitely going to come up and start. So you know, if you look at the the right side of defenseman with Voughton being signed, you know it's pretty much locked down. It's going to be Voughton, and b x and Manson is what we believe. And then on the left side you have Fowler, Dupre, Lindholm, and then Theodore, and then even Stoner. But uh, I mean, uh, we all think he's probably going to be a seventh pairing defenseman. So you still got four there in Fowler, Lindholm, uh, Theodore, and Dupre. Um, and you know, Lindholm is still working on being signed. Theodore is definitely going to be there next year, from what we all expect. Uh, Dupre will be there, so Fowler becomes the the most likely option. He's been mentioned in trades pretty much, you know, the last two or three seasons. Um, and the JVR has come up uh, being a trade target for Anaheim over, I uh, probably more <laughs> longer than that. He's he's been a target mm-hmm. for the Ducks. Um, and, you know, it would be a good fit. Um, you know, it's a possible one for one. It all depends on on the, you know, I, it, hockey trades are hard to pull off. But I I, I think realistically, Fowler for for JVR is a pretty good value. Their salary caps are pretty close. Uh, their ages are pretty close too. Uh, you know, fills both uh, two needs for for both the teams and. You know, I think it's a good trade to make, but it's you know it's, it's not as easy as it seems either. So, you know, the the Ducks still have to, to sign Lindholm. Um, unfortunately, he's still a, a trade target that is possibility if they can't sign him to the deal that they would like. Um, and there's always Simon Dupre, too. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really think he will be traded, um, but one of these left-shot defensemen have to be traded. So, you know, you can't really throw his name out of there yet.
0: Yeah, and that, that name is brought up you know, by other people as well as Simone Dupre. So we'll see. I mean, he was at the event yesterday, too, and he's pretty big on staying in Anaheim. But, you know, again, it, I mean, it's not he's not the one that's going to decide. It's it's Murray and the organization. So uh, another piece of this puzzle for people to to remember that's making this even more complicated, which has kind of been the theme of the podcast so far is about, you know, these decisions and, and how difficult they are, is if you remember back in the middle of the season, Lindholm and Anderson had those issues um, with their agent trying to figure it out. They had uh, a company with another uh, guy, and all this stuff was messed up. And it ended up, you know, to make a long story short, Claude Lemieux now represents um, Anderson and Lindholm. Part of the problem that I've heard is them trying to be signed and wanting the deals that they want is is. Being the issue is Anderson and Lindholm both want decent deals. Uh, we talked about Anderson. We actually looked at some of the goalies and uh, what they're getting paid. And you know, Anderson could you know reasonably ask for four to five million a year. And then you have Lindholm. He's looking now at Vatn and getting this you know five million dollar, four million dollar uh, deal over those you know next four years. And he's looking at something obviously a similar. And these guys deserve it. Don't get me wrong. Both of them have played outstanding. They both deserve the money. But that's an issue. You've got Claude Lemieux. Uh, representing them. They want to get those, you know, decent contracts, but you also have Murray trying to balance it out. You know, the good thing for Murray is is he only has to talk to one agent. That that's the good thing for those two players. But the bad thing is is, you know, the expectations and and what Murray can do, it's gonna be difficult. I I just don't see them both staying with the team. I I think it's really difficult. I, I would see Anderson being moved and then trying to use that money to really keep Lynn home. But, you know, things can change. That's the one thing I want everybody to remember is is stuff can change last minute. Uh, You know, we saw it with Matt Bolesky. Things changed last minute and people got upset about that. So just keep in mind that, you know, nothing is done until it's really done. Um, And and different things will be said out there and whatnot. And, And like Murray talking yesterday that things are going not so well with Anderson. But these things can change day to day. Hour to hour. I mean, maybe, you know, later today we find out Anderson is, you know, uh, more uh, likely to stay. I mean, it's just a crazy time right now. But that's what I see right now as being the the biggest issue with Anderson and Lindholm is the affordability that Murray, uh, you know, is going to have trying to keep both of those guys, Eddie. And at the same time, you know, trying to deal with, you know, the expectations of what Claude Lemieux thinks their contract should be.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it probably has to come down to uh to term as well. I think four years works out perfectly for, for the ducks with signing uh, Sammy Votnin. You know, even at five million I think it still works out with a lot of the contracts expiring before that, like we mentioned before. Um with uh with Lindholm, um, I'm sure he he definitely, you know, deserves at least what Votnin gets. Uh you know, Fowler and, and BXa make four, Votnon now makes five. You would expect something uh in between there, maybe Maybe a little bit above i i don 't expect him to make a, a lot over five million if he does sign a contract and and in that case you 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 know you would expect the term to still be around four or five years and and you know it, it is possible that they could be looking at six plus uh, for Lindholm only being twenty two maybe looking to sign a new contract around twenty eight twenty nine um, and that's definitely an option for them and something they could be exploring. And we, we know we heard uh, Brumary mentioned before he doesn't like the long term contracts. We see that with uh, with Vought and only signing the four year one. And that could be a realistic case for for Freddie, too, and you know, him looking for around five million, but at a longer term, uh than than the Ducks and Bob Murray really want. And and you know, at least with Lindholm you've got a little bit of time, there's no arbitration with him. You, you know, you can wait longer, you can wait as long as you want, like even Murray said into late August, early September, and the same goes for Raquel, who I'm sure they're they're looking at some kind of bridge deal for. Uh but with Freddie it's a little bit more complicated with him being eligible for arbitration. Um, you know, they they can negotiate all the way up until uh until arbitration, which I believe is in in late July and early August, but the player can file as early as I think it's July fifth. So they would like to get it done, you know, obviously before then and before they have to deal with free agency and everything like that. So it's not kind of lingering in the background. So, you know, even if he does end up signing a contract, like we said, don't rule out the chance that you know he's staying for sure. There's a possibility they could do a sign and trade, and you know, a lot of things are definitely going to go down in, in the weeks leading up to the draft, and especially uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday during the draft.
0: Yeah, and and you know Murray alluded to that yesterday while I was there as well as he was saying you know this next week he's trying to get some things done, uh, he expects more uh, signings to happen this week, and he was really big on draft picks and getting you know more uh, players back into the system, obviously down in San Diego as well. Which there was also the news um, that came out this week that Ducks did uh, you know uh, extend the contracts of two of the guys in San Diego. Uh, Andrew O'Brien, they signed to another one-year two-way contract. And also Joseph Cramarosa, they signed to another one-year two-way contract. So they got both those guys back in San Diego. So those are some of the minor uh, signings that we've seen. So there's been you know, three signings basically in the last week. Um, but he still wants to retool down there and make sure he has enough coming up in the system as well, Eddie. That's what leads me to believe that if a trade's going to be made, uh, it's going to be made sometime this week or you know maybe friday morning you know Uh, i'm gonna be off work on friday so i'm gonna be on track of all this stuff and be posting everything as it happens um you know because we've seen it before uh and not just with the ducks but other teams eddie you know when the when the draft comes up we've seen things happen hours and minutes right before the actual first round takes place so it's going to be a crazy week for sure, and going into July with free agency again, it's it's going to be uh, you know even more uh, hectic. But one thing you can point at. Is the Ducks can keep Lindholm and Raquel? Uh, if you look at the cap space they have now, if you look at uh, Cap Friendly or some of these other websites, the Ducks have about $13-14 million. So it is doable, Eddie, that they can resign, you know, uh, Raquel and Lindholm if they are to give Raquel, you know, say over four million, and uh, I'm sorry, Lindholm over four million, and then Raquel obviously a bump up in his salary as well. So it's very doable um, coming up this time, but we'll have to see. I, I think the Ducks will make some kind of a move uh, in this wet, uh, next week, though, leading up to the draft.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to to go to any deal right now. I mean, the Ducks only really have eight forwards locked down for next season. Obviously, Getzlaff, Perry, Kessler. You've got Silverberg, Cogliano, Garba, and Wagner. And then you can include Nate Thompson in there because he's still signed for next year. But like we we, we know and we'll mention later, he's going to be out till for at least half the year. Um again like he was last year, but they've got, you know, David Perron to deal with, Jamie McGinn, Sean Horkoff, Chris Stewart, Brandon Peary. Ricard Raquel and Mike Santarelli, which is, you know, more than than half the the forwards that they had last year. And they've got to deal with all of those as long with signing Raquel Lintelman. You have to think about, you know, how many of those guys are gonna be back, how many are you gonna move on, and, and then who are you gonna replace them with in free agency and a lot of cap space is gonna to go towards that as well because you would expect David Perron to expect a decent salary around, you know, three, four, five million, the same with Jamie McGinn. Um, and then filling out the bottom part where guys are making one to two million dollars each. So you kind of gotta be strategic with who you're signing, how much you're signing them for, so you can have a competitive team up front still. And you know that's that works into what uh, Murray said about signing that uh, signing that uh, signing or trading. Sorry for that left shot, left wing. You know there's a lot of options out there. You know we we mentioned before Nash, JVR, Taylor Hall. You know Duran's still out there, Louis Erickson, Jeff Skinner, Yuri Hoodler. You know there's a, a decent amount of options out there, but those guys. Um, pretty much all of them, except for Drew and Command, you know, upwards of of five million dollars each in salary. So then you know, that takes into account too. So you know, if you couldn't make it any more difficult, you know, that comes into the equation as well. So it, it's definitely uh, you know tricky navigating right now for for Murray and, and his staff.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that left wing, left handed shot, and that's something that the Ducks are going to look at. And we've looked, you know, at the list of players out there. And I mean, you know, there's some quality players out there. But I really think the issue is going to come down to the money because if, if the Ducks are going to uh, keep Lindholm and Raquel, that's going to bite into that $13, 14000000 in cap. And then if you go after uh, a left wing out there that's you know high on that list, that, like I mean, you know, the name that you mentioned, some, some of these guys, you know, they're in the $3, 4000000 range too. So, I mean, that would put the Ducks, you know, close to the cap again, which we all know they, they don't spend up to the cap. They always leave some some room. So that's... My concern is if they're able to get that left wing that they want, because it seems like from Murray's discussions yesterday online and when I was there in person that he wants a left wing, uh, uh, a younger guy, but an established guy uh, to come in. You know, obviously they tried it with Hagelin last year and it didn't work out. Uh, We mentioned Bolesky earlier, you know, that didn't work out the season before as far as the contract negotiations went. So I think that they would look for somebody like that. But, I mean, you know, if they were to go more of a Druin-type person or a Huddler-type person or something like that, maybe that's something that they could uh, do because some of those other names higher up, you know, Nash, obviously, and some of these others, there's just too much to ask for those guys. You know what I mean, Eddie? It's going to be a stretch if you're going to try and bring back Lindholm, Raquel, you still got Piran and again is the UFAs that we've talked about too that are that you know we would like to see them back and and those are some good options as well. So that's kind of where it sits, Eddie. I I, I think it's going to be difficult to to get. A quality left-handed left wing not that it can't be done but it, this is just going to be this is just be a crazy week for uh murray trying to get this all sorted out
1: yeah and, and you know you look at the the two big names on that list at least you know with cap and i guess with quality of player are nash and hall and, and those are the two hardest deals to make i mean you would most like you would have to make a trade with a guy who has some salary in it you know a, a fowler or or, uh, you know, even Stoner as part of another deal, or Freddie, or, or somebody who has some salary, because Nash makes right now $7.8 million in, in cap for the next two seasons. Uh, so if you do trade, say, a Fowler to, to the Rangers, you're still taking on $3.8 million in cap. You know, so in, in a deal like that, that one doesn't really make much sense. Uh, you know, Taylor Hall, he makes $6 million for the next four years, uh, which is why, you know, I mean, I, I still don't see Edmonton trading a player like Taylor Hall and, and really Murray bringing in $6 million added on to the big contracts we already have, uh, up until 2020-21, um, you know that's a that's a lot of salary to bring on. I, honestly, I think the most realistic option is JVR in, in Toronto. I think for both teams, the the trade just works. Uh, you know, Fowler makes four million for the next two seasons. JVR makes four point two five million for the for the next two seasons. So the Ducks only bring on two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cap. Uh, you know, one for one deal. You get a Ducks, uh, The Ducks get a 27-year-old left-shot left wing power forward, and, and James Van Riemsdijk, and and the, the Leafs get a, a young mobile defenseman, which a lot of teams are looking for right now. Top four pairing defenseman uh, for for their team, and I think uh, it, it's a you know really a really good deal for both teams, and and honestly the most realistic one. Um, and then you move on to the two guys that you would look at in free agency, and Louis Erickson and Uri Hoodler. and I think those are still difficult to to pursue as well. And if you're trying to, like you said, uh, leave cap space for Lindholm and Raquel and some of the other players, you know they'll be looking for at least five million each. They both had pretty good seasons last year um, in Boston and Calgary, respectively. So you know a, a lot of uh, pieces will have to move out to bring a guy like that in. So. Um, if anything happens i think realistically toronto is just the best partner to, to trade with at the moment
0: you know the only thing i would add on the toronto thing that people got to remember too is that you know murray's big on fowler obviously homegrown products you know the help with scott niedermeyer that's been a big issue that's come out uh randy Carlisle mentioned how much he likes him too so that's the only thing I see, Eddie. I agree with you. I mean, on paper and, and looking at you know what each team needs and obviously the the financials and all that, it totally makes sense. I just don't know based upon how high that Carlisle and Murray are on Fowler. I, I just don't know if they want to move him, Eddie. That That's the only thing that I see. I mean, obviously they're high on Lindholm too. Um, so that's what kind of leads me to believe if something – you know, it works out and they're able to keep Lindholm, you know, maybe you see them try to move somebody else like a Stoner or a Dupree. I mean, not that they would be easy to move, but, you know, there's just a lot of things out there that can happen. That's what we're basically saying. And I mean, I know it's tough because people want answers and like, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And I mean, you just can't, you can't say that right now. I mean, it's just too crazy, but I think you're right. Um, Lindholm obviously is the priority first to get him back. If not, then, Fowler's probably the next likely in the order, but if they want to keep both of them, then I think you go down to Stoner and Dupree.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it hinges on how ready they think Theodore is. I, I know a lot of the fans, and of course us, we think he's ready to play in the NHL, you know, full time next year, um, and that definitely that takes up a spot on the roster. And then, you know, Dupree, we we expect him to be back. Um, you know, he he makes a decent salary for for the next uh, for, for the foreseeable future, really at three point seven. Um, he's only twenty four. He's a two way guy. He's a physical guy. It's a, it's good to have a guy like that in, in the lineup because if you keep say you know if you if you trade him, then you've got Lindholm, Theodore, Fowler, and, and Vatninn, who are all really similar players. It, it's not like they can't play defense, but they, you know it's not there's not a lot of physicality in, in that lineup, and in losing a guy like Dupre, you kind of lose that. So. You know, it really does come down to to Fowler and and Lindholm. And, you know, honestly, I think a lot of us would like to keep Lindholm. I would love to keep Fowler too, but when you have a lot of guys ready to come up, especially in in Theodore and eventually Montour, you know, some guys have to go out. Um, And and it all depends on on who the coach and and the general manager think they want to keep. And, and, you know, it does make sense to go in Toronto, Though there's also still the option of moving, you know, even Freddie for for possibly for for that left wing left shot player, you know, Toronto's looking at a goalie. A lot of other teams are looking for a goalie too. Um, you know, there, there's so many options right now. I mean, we can't even discuss all of them. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
0: You know, and with that, the uh, the draft is coming up. Uh, the Ducks currently have five picks. They've got the uh, first round pick, twenty fourth overall. They have the eighty fifth overall in the third round then the 93rd and 115th in the fourth round, and then the 205th in the seventh round. At least as of right now, that's what it's going to be. I mean, based upon Murray's comments, it's probably going to change. If you haven't seen it already, there's a bunch of articles on our website that are out that Thomas had put out. He talked about the Ducks trading up uh, in the first round. Uh, for uh, There's four different articles They break it down basically from the first to the 20th pick If the Ducks are going to try and trade up So he goes through a bunch of scenarios on there They're very good reads, they're very detailed He talks about a lot of what you and I talked about Eddie, the, the movement of the goalies The movement of the defensemen in there So if you want more detailed stuff Uh, That really breaks it down. I encourage you to go read all four of those uh, articles. I will post another article summarizing these draft picks with links to those four articles just to make it easier for everybody to go look at. Um, In addition, to, we also have a transaction tracker up on the website as well that lists – the movements that have gone on so far so if you go on the the ducks and pucks website and you look on there and i'll repost this too as well you can see the last three signings this last three weeks uh there's a space for trades obviously that's empty as of right now and we'll also lift the draft picks uh on there and what happens and you know going into the draft eddie uh you know assuming the ducks stay with the first round pick 24th overall you know we've got some questions from some people they ask you know what? What are the ducks uh, looking for? We had Adam asks. Are they looking for defense? or Are they looking for offense in the draft? And at least going into the first round, uh, you know, what are some of the players that you think that the ducks may, uh, you know, go for, and uh, what positions and whatnot? So in in the draft this year, obviously
1: the the front three is is front loaded with uh, with forwards, and then you look down from there. the The only really quality defensemen are going to go in the top ten, and, and you know, there's three of them in, in Surgatov and and uh, Chichron and and Ulovy. And and, and most of the time it gets down to the Ducks, it's going to be a lot of forwards left. And I think that's really where they need to start drafting. You know, uh, uh, Murray mentioned that in, in the Facebook Live video that you know, they they have to start drafting to, for forward. They have to look to the future there. He'd love to add some more draft picks. Uh, you know, specifically, he mentioned that they'd like to to add some more prospects at center. Um, uh, You know, I think that's a good deal for them. And really, where they're drafting, too, there, there's a lot of good centers. Uh, you know, on most of the mock drafts I, I've looked at, there's there's three players that seem to be around the position where the Ducks are going to be drafting. Uh, Pascal LaBerge, who plays for Victoriaville in the QMJHL, um, it is, is one that seems to be you know, consensus going to number 24 for the Ducks. And, you know, it, it's definitely a good option for them. I think they need to restock at center. He had a good season with Victoriaville this year, um, played very well in the prospect game um, earlier on. And uh, I believe it was in January or December, he had, he had a very good game there. Um, there's also Alex DeBrincat, who who's a right wing uh, who plays for Erie. He's played with Connor McDavid and with Dylan Strom, so there's a lot of debate around. You know, he's had back-to-back 51 goal 51 goal seasons, but there's a lot of debate on if uh, you know he can actually do it on his own or if he you know he was benefiting from playing with those centers. Um, he's a little small at five foot seven, but if the Ducks are looking to stock up on a, a goal scoring winger, he'll definitely be available come the time that they have to pick. Um, and lastly, uh, if the Ducks want to go back to some Swedes, there's uh, Rasm- Rasmus Asplin, who plays obviously in Sweden. He's a five-foot-ten center, and uh, you know he's been playing—he's uh, been playing in the Swedish league uh, for the last two seasons, so he's been playing pro hockey. Uh, so he's got the the jump on the other two prospects, but you know, he's a little bit small to be at a center. Uh, kind of a, a similar mold to to Raquel, and he's a skillful center. I believe he shoots left, though. Um, but, you know, it's, those are definitely three options that the Ducks could look to draft in, you know, unless they move up, obviously.
0: Yeah, and, and with that, uh, Thomas, again, he's going to have an article on, on the draft uh, coming up in the first round of who the Ducks should take. I don't know if he's going to go beyond the first round or not, but we're going to have an article more detailed on that as well coming up uh, this week. So look for that. And, you know, uh, the players you mentioned all make sense to me. It just really it's just going to matter if, if things are going to change or not. I know that's a, that's a frustrating answer for some of you out there to hear. But this week, um, it, it's a lot's going to happen. And some of the questions that some of the people asked, if we kind of talk about all this as a whole, Eddie, is a lot of people are wondering, you know, what should the Ducks do, you know, overall? Uh, we even had one question um, asking about the Ducks modeling their defense after Pittsburgh. And I don't really think that that's necessarily the issue here. I think the Ducks are fine on defense. If we look at the defensive part... Uh, as we said, obviously, Lynn is, is the factor that needs to be figured out, and then you go from there, but I think the Ducks are going to be fine on the defense. That's not really my concern. I, I mean, I don't know if it's your concern, Eddie. Mine is more on the offense. Like you mentioned, a lot of these forwards aren't signed. Um, Nate Thompson's injured, and then obviously fans are concerned about Carlisle coming in with the dump-and-chase tactic that we all know is, is doesn't work. I mean, obviously, teams have to use it at some point, because the league is really built around the trap, and you have to dump the puck in but you uh, you know you've got to have other ways of entering the zone so to me i I think it's clear the goalie situation one of the goalies has to go anderson or gibson you try to keep uh if not then you you obviously you keep the rest you go from there but to me i'm I'm more concerned with the the forward and the center position um and and just the depth that we have and I, i think that's reflected in murray's comments about going after the draft picks eddie that's my big concern about this whole team with all this going on going into this week.
1: Yeah, and we mentioned how many holes they have to fill, and I think that's definitely the issue. I mean, the Ducks... Defense is already pretty mobile on its own, especially bringing back Voughten. And you've got, uh, you know, most likely you'll have Lindholm. You've got Fowler, at least for now. Theodore, I mean, the, a lot, those guys can move the puck. They're quick skaters. I think there's no issue on on that end of the ice. But with so many holes to fill up front, I mean, you've got the core. You've got Perry Getzlaff and Kessler. You've still got Silverberg and Cogliano. You would expect Raquel to be back. You've got Garbett and Wagner. Uh, for the fourth line but then other than that i mean you know perron's a ufa mcginn's a ufa you know, there's a lot of holes to fill you got to decide if you're going to bring those guys back pursue some other players so i think that's the real issue uh, heading into to free agency and, and even into the draft is you know deciding what players you're going to bring back you know you're going to draft to, to fill players in the future or are you going to bring up some young guys you know richie or Cordillies or, or and. You no, know, there's a there's a lot of uh, decisions that they're gonna have to make uh, for that forward lineup, and you know we mentioned how different it's gonna look. Uh, you know, it, it could look drastically different. Uh, you know, come the end of free agency.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the UFAs. I mean, don't forget, you still have Chris Stewart on there. You still have Sandarelli. I mean, these are guys. You know maybe they don't come back you know i don't know those are probably least likely to return you also have holes or two on the defense who's also least likely to you know return so you've got those guys to consider obviously those are lower on the priority list of all the other names that we mentioned as well and you also mentioned uh richie and cordelius those are some guys that could come up i mean those are both left wingers too if murray's looking at that kind of a situation but i know uh you know with richie we kind of had mixed results last season i mean he came up and, you know, he played mainly on the second line, third line, but didn't really produce what we wanted. So it, it seems like they want to give him more time and they, and they want to let him work out. So I think the Ducks would still, despite the way he did last season, I think they'd still, you know, hopefully keep him in the organization. But unless he's really pressed, I don't I don't see him coming up as much. I see the Ducks more likely going out and getting that left wing, you know, barring the finances that he in the cap space that's what I see is is probably a big priority uh, in addition to looking at the RFAs and UFAs that they've got
1: yeah and, and obviously bringing back you know that uh, you know w- with that being said bring in that left wing left shot you know elite player I think if they bring that up I think the most likely guy to end up going is Jamie McGinn because he is a left shot left winger I think you know bring in that that elite one kind of opens the door for him to leave. And then you could maybe have you some of that money to, to sign say David Perron. Um, then you give the option to maybe have Richie or Cadillus come up and play on a third line role next year. Uh, you know, they could all, they would benefit still from playing in the NHL. You know, Richie's still only 20. He's got a lot of time to develop. You know, um, with the coming up, Jakob Larson will fill that hole on defense to play with, uh, Montour down there. So the, the goals will have a lot of our prospects playing, you know, Cadillus is 22. I think he deserves a shot with the ducks and, you know, there's a lot of options for them to, to decide what they're going to do. And, and it, it kind of all stems on from you know if they decide to bring in that number one left winger or not. And, and that will be something that's obviously addressed at the, at the draft. So then they can decide on who they want to sign for free agency and everything like that. And you know I'm sure they are, the discussions, even with uh, the UFAs right now, are ongoing. And you know again, it, we keep coming back to it, but we're just going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a crazy week, and, and it's going to really all come to a head at the draft.
0: I agree, and I think uh, one other thing to look at, too, is is as far as the Ducks, you know, obviously people ask a lot about the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've had some questions about that and the way that they play the game, and And obviously, if you look at the Sharks and the Blues and Tampa Bay and these other teams and how well they did in the playoffs, you know, a big concern among a lot of the fans is not only, um, you know, all this movement that's going on this week, but how are the Ducks going to perform next year? Because a lot of people, and I know they're out there, they're concerned, they they know there's uncertainty with the roster. Um, There's people that are still not happy that Carlisle's the coach. Uh, People have mentioned that. You know, Timmy, when I was there yesterday, I heard people saying it, which I totally get it. We, we, we've we gone over all that the last show, but we got to move forward. And after all this stuff settles, obviously next week we'll come back, we'll have a podcast, we'll talk about the draft, we'll talk about the players, we'll talk about whatever moves happen in this next week. But I think that the overriding thing is as far as the Ducks and how they're going to do next year, Eddie, and you brought this up, is – They may go after speed players and get those kind of players uh, back, which, I mean, we saw it didn't work with Hagelin. But that's not the only thing that's going to make this team better. The thing that's going to make this team better is what you brought up, is the transition game. If this team is going to be a contender next year, not come out slow – and do what they need to do in the beginning, it's going to start with the passing. And that's what we talked about last year. Back in October and November when the Ducks were doing terrible, their transition game was awful. They could not make passes. They were not positioned properly. They finally got it going after the holiday uh, break, and that's when you saw them doing that. So I think that's what Murray's looking at. It, it, it is. He may be looking at uh, speed players uh like this top left wing that we've talked about and um obviously making some picks and keeping Raquel who fits in that mold too but that's what they're going to have to work on for them to be successful next season i am not concerned about the defense and i'm not concerned with the goalie if they go with anderson or gibson I, it's a tough decision go, go with whichever one you're going to go with and, and and go for it but it's going to come down to that offense how they move the puck how they enter the zone and that's what's going to determine because Carlisle's fine at defense and special teams and the Ducks were number one in special teams last season. I'm not concerned about those things. I'm more concerned about the counterpunch of this team and how they're going to respond offensively.
1: Yeah, and I think the the benefit of bringing in a coach before the draft and before free agency is they can work together and bring in players who they think is go- are going to fit the system. I know we had a lot of turnover last year, and it obviously hurt the Ducks in the beginning part of the season, and we expect a lot of turnover this year, especially in offense, and I think with the coach being in place, you can bring in guys who have either worked with him before or who they think will fit the way that he wants this team to play, and obviously we've got the core, and they've been there, and, and I think that's fine, but, you know, bringing in, if you bring in James Van Riesel, like, for example, he's worked with Carlisle before, he'll know the system, don't know how to play, or, you know, you bring in free agents who you think will work well with the team you have and with the way the coach is going to play, and I, I think that's going to help the Ducks a lot um, in, in starting the season strong, being able to to bring in players who they know are going to fit the style right away, so you don't have to worry about that, you know, that turnover and and, and starting slow. I, I think that's definitely going to help them um, for the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, and with that, you know, we'll just report all the stuff throughout the week that happens. And uh, we'll talk next week about what's going to happen in the draft and how it all unfolds. Uh, I, keep yourself close to your phones because things are going to happen this week. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, uh, especially based upon the comments that uh, Murray made online and when I saw him in person as well at the event. And with that, I uh, hope everybody out there has a happy Father's Day. And we'll see you all next week. Let's go Ducks.